Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 30th of September, 2022. And on today's show, some realignment news from Dennis Dodd. And then a preview of this weekend's games. What is on the line for every single Big 12 team this weekend? Five games. It is a full conference slate for the first time in 2022. We're fired up to watch these games and I'm fired up to preview them. That's all coming up next. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the best play place to play daily fantasy, regardless of your favorite sport. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. You all are the best. I challenge you guys every single time with subscriptions. I said, hey, let's get to 21 or 2200 uh, the other day. I said last time we had an episode on Wednesday and you guys answered that call and we made it over 2200. So uh, next target, 2300 coming up here. Let's see if we can get there by the end of next week. Next time we're previewing games on Friday, I want to be talking about going to 2400. So once again, appreciate you guys always. Leave us your thoughts on YouTube in the comments section, like the videos, notifications, all that good stuff. Also, I'm sure you all have heard about the hurricane that is happening right now. It's happened. Uh, we're praying for the folks down in Florida. Our future Big 12 family got hit pretty hard there. The folks in Central Florida, part of the Locked On family, got hit pretty hard. Locked On Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss host Stephen Willis had a tree, I think, go through part of his house. Everybody said it was okay. But praying for you all out there who are involved in this storm. Um, and uh, actually, you know, right now here in Virginia, it is becoming – uh, rainier and rainier. So we're not going to get really anything bad. It looks like at this point in time, but that storm is coming out there. So make sure you all be safe. You all look out for each other. I know big 12 countries stretch is really you know, outside of the actual big 12 countries. So make sure you guys looking out for each other out there. All right, let's get to the show today. Um, the, the, this news came on Wednesday, the news from Dennis Dodd about the big 12 or big 10, rather eyeing more pac 12 schools. I was out yesterday. I got an MRI and they uh, get a little claustrophobic sometimes. It was cardiac MRI. Everything's good. Don't worry. But they have to shove me in the machine for like an hour and a half. So they have to sedate me. So I, I slept for part of the day and then I had to work for serious and just wasn't able to get the show up. So here we are now doing this. Uh, I want to talk about this yesterday, but it's fine that we're doing it today. Dennis Dodd has an article about the Pac-12 in danger of eventual collapse as Big Ten considers further expansion Big 12 interest looms. Um, and I think really the upshot here on the story is the Big 10 is looking at four schools in the Pac-12 at this point. Not two, uh, not one, not not one in Notre Dame, whatever it is. Right now, the, the Big 10's immediate interest is definitely focused on four schools. It sounds like it is Cal, Oregon, Stanford, and Washington and they are evaluating whether those schools would be valuable additions. And in that way, what we mean valuable additions is the Big Ten has sold their allotment through 2030, I believe it is, for the next TV contract, right? CBS, NBC, and the, the big majority is going to Fox, have bought up all the, I, I guess, television and uh, or basketball and football, really, that they can show at this point in time. That, that's kind of a done deal. If the Big Ten wants to add more teams and add more revenue, what they would have to do is they would have to add 
those four teams, those four schools to create more inventory to sell to somebody else, right? So right now the Big Ten in football has nothing left to sell. Well, if you add those four teams, Cal, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon, you then would have more to sell. And the uh, the Big Ten, what this is what Dennis Dodd says, is that con- uh, Commissioner Kevin Warren continues to seek an offer from Amazon, or potentially another partner, for an additional Big Ten football media rights revenue deal. That figure is believed to be less than $100 million annually is what that would contribute. So they would go from whatever it was, 7 to $8 million a year, um, $700, $800 million, uh, not a year, uh, overall in that deal, $7 billion, sorry, excuse me. Um, they, that would take them up. Also, what you have to notice is that this would potentially, potentially add more value to the immediate contract. In their current contract, it stipulates that if the Big Ten adds more teams, there will be a good faith conversation between them, the television partners, about increasing the value of the current deal and, and raising it up. The one where it automatically would go up in value, because remember when this deal came out for the Big Ten, it said seven to eight billion with a chance to go to 10. The only team or only school rather, and if it's ads and athletics, it immediately goes up is Notre Dame. I think it immediately kicks up. They said if they had other schools, will be a good faith conversation about increasing the value of that. And I think because Fox and NBC and CBS want to maintain their relationship with the Big Ten, they would probably up that. How much? I don't know, but they would probably up that. So you're talking about an increase of roughly around $100 million. Now, if the Big Ten makes such a move, it would almost certainly increase the likelihood the Big 12 is able to get some, some combination, is what Dennis Dodd says, of Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah from the Pac-12, thus crushing the Pac-12 and hanging Oregon State and Washington State out the dry. Obviously, we're kind of, we've been talking about this, and a lot of people are excited, but I'm glad Dennis added this in. Yeah, I mean, we don't like the idea of hanging anybody out to dry, right? Oregon State and Washington State, like Oregon State, you know, pushed USC last week, and they threw, they threw four picks and were still in the game somehow. And then you saw Washington State obviously have a fantastic game with Oregon and also they beat Wisconsin on the road. So these programs, like they're, they're good programs they're decent programs. And it sucks that maybe their television value is going to preclude them from being able to exist furthermore in athletics. Once again, this is something that we faced last year. We talked about the big 12 experiencing this movement. Oh, the idea that we just kind of devalue some of these schools because they don't bring as much value, right? Like, that is a really upsetting thing to deal with. So obviously we hate the idea of Oregon State and Washington State being left out in the dry, although we do welcome the idea of more teams here solidifying the Big 12 position. Um, he says that Dennis Dodd says that if the Big 10 move happens, I think the others four schools, Pac-12, will want to jump to our league. A Big 12 source said that's familiar with the situation. Here's a really important part of this. Without a clear mandate, Big Ten presidents and athletic directors continue to evaluate whether expansion is quote-unquote financially viable and potential candidates are a quote-unquote cultural fit, conference sources tell CBS Sports. No vote has been taken on expansion at this time. The Big Ten completed a historic media rights deal worth more than $8 billion over seven years beginning in 2023. Amazon reportedly bid more for the Big Ten's 3.30 p.m. ET game and primetime windows compared to other suitors, those windows went to CBS and NBC, respectively. Ah, this gets us to part of the big conversation with all the television and expansion right now, folks, is do you still want to be on linear cable or 
are you okay with going to an Amazon? It sounds like they outbid or it's, it's reporting it, they outbid CBS and NBC, but these presidents, athletic directors, conference commissioners still value, still value the uh, being on CBS, being on NBC, being on Fox, being on CBS sports, being on uh, peak. Oh, I guess we'll peak on it. Not really, but like when you go streaming exclusive, when you go all the way to streaming exclusive, you are worried about, there, there is a lot of concern about reach. There is a lot of concern about what that does for the school's profile. There is more concern about what it does for recruiting. There are so many unanswered questions. And I think nobody wants to be the one that makes the mistake in that category and jumps to one of those streaming partners exclusively and cuts off uh, you know what you could get uh, from a from a, ca- a cable partner. Now the Big Twelve does do a little bit of both right now, but there's always been some hand-wringing. There's always been some grumbling, and we're going to see it this week. Look what happened. You know, there's grumbling last week about like it uh, the the Oregon State USC game being on the Pac-12 network, right? Well, I mean, you know that's a that's a that's actually a television channel. Not people not people have it, but as a television channel. Um, you know, people grumble about like, hey, Kansas State, Texas Tech is on ESPN Plus. Well, that's just part of that's part like it sucks, but it's just kind of part of the deal right now. That's the way it works. Like some of these games are going to be on ESPN Plus. It's just a matter of that's how it goes. And I think, to be honest, like a lot of you all in Big 12 country, there was some complaining before, but most of that has gone as this thing starts playing. Most of the complaining to me has uh, Deion Sanders on my screen. Uh, most of the complaining has gone by the wayside, right? We kind of understand this is where it's going. It's just a matter of, do you want to fully go all the way into a streaming partner or are you fine with a split happening right now? I think it's still a great question. Um, if the big 10 turned down such an offer, the concerns were likely distribution and visibility. Those same concerns would be in play if big 10 accepted the four additional PAC 12 schools. Now, I don't think like we do understand here, not all of their games are going to end up being on Amazon, right? That's not how this would work. Um, th- those, you know, when you add in those games, those games are going to be in places uh, like Amazon, but also those games are going to be in places like CBS, like, you know, right? if, if it's Oregon versus Michigan, they're not going to just put it on Amazon. Now they might, I mean, hell they might, but like you figure they put that on, on some cable as well. They'll give them some big games. I mean, you have to understand here, Amazon, we mentioned this the other day, like, they paid for good football in that Thursday night package. The, the, originally speaking, when they moved that stuff to Thursday night, the, the Thursday night games, like they were just kind of trying the NFL being, they were trying to get some just more eyes on that stuff, like in those windows, but they really didn't, they didn't put themselves out there with some of the matchups. So a whole lot of Jags Titans that was happening on Thursday nights. I just kind of sucked. I mean, people watched anyway, but they're putting big matchups on there, right? They're putting games, like the uh, the opening night game, right, which is obviously really a really well viewed game. Um, they put the Chiefs and the Chargers on there, which was a very very much viewed game, right. So they're putting it out there. They're trying to get good viewership. They're putting you know Russell Wilson and the Broncos next week against the Colts. Obviously not a huge matchup, but still that that's a big names going up there. So that is something we have to mention. And then let's get back to you know so the, so the whole point of Amazon once again the, the point there being that Amazon wants really good properties. They're not just going to spend for the sake of spending. Um, Something on the Big 12 front, CBS Sports reported last month that Endeavor, so WMEIMG, I think it's now called Endeavor, was advising the Big 12 about whether it should add Pac-12 programs. Earlier this summer, CBS Sports reported that the Big 12 was interested in the aforementioned four-corner programs. Um, 
And then also, you know, uh, we know that Oregon and Washington have met with a Big Ten. So what we're watching here, folks, is this, is that the the Pac-12 is having a really difficult time get that getting a television deal done because basically their schools are under constant surveillance from other places, right? There are eight schools that we know of that other conferences would like to add. When you're George Klyavkov, you are in an unenviable position of trying to negotiate a contract to make those eight schools happy when other people are coming to them. Now, the options for Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal are a bit different. They're being considered, but are they, cons- you know, like they can't just go if they want to, right? They need the Big Ten to sign off on that. They're, that has to happen for them to go. Um, if the Big Ten says no, would they be, con- would they, would they consider reaching out to the Big 12 and maybe going that direction if they feel like they can get a better offer, more money that way? I don't know. I don't know if that's the case for those schools. And then once again, it gets into our talk about the cultural differences that happen there. Also to mention, you've got the four corner schools, the Arizona's Arizona, uh, Colorado and Utah that know that the big 12 has interest in them. So they can say, all right, we can just wait this thing out and see whatever television deal is better off in this spot. So George Klyavkov's job He's got to feed a lot of these mouths and he's got to make them happy. He's got to make sure they enjoy the meal as well, right? We can't just feed them. We got to make sure it's, the, it's you know, it's a little bit of steak, a little bit of lobster, some mashed potatoes in there too. It's got to be a good meal for those, for those schools, those places, because it's starting to look like these places have options that they could, where they could go elsewhere. I think the number one preference obviously is for them to stay together, but that might not be feasible. It might not be the most financially sound thing for them to do. We're going to have to watch this and see what happens. But I think the idea now, this is news. Like you might say, oh, well, what's happening here? It's not a whole lot happening. No, like the Big 12 or the Big 10 rather is surveying. They are discussing. They are trying to make a call on this, whether this is the right thing to do. And the Big 12 is in the wings waiting and also negotiating at the same time. The Big 12 has options. The Big 10 has options. The Pac-12 as an entity it sounds like it does not have options, even with Amazon, right? Like Amazon might just be waiting for a Big Ten package, as opposed to just buying a, you know, buying a Amazon package or buying a Pac-12 package, right? Buying a Big 12 package, they might just wait for the Big Ten to, to poach some more teams and do that. Might not be available to them, but we'll see what ends up happening. And kind of kind of question of, all right, how much are you guys willing to fork over? You have to make it worth it for us. The distribution it goes up. We're not, you know, having more mouths, less money for each mouth at that point in time. All right, let's look at some games this weekend. First quick word from our sponsors, though. Today's show is brought to you all by Underdog Fantasy. Mentioned it before, the best place to get in on some sports wagering daily fantasy style is Underdog. You guys can go to the Underdog website or download the app. They've got Pick'em for your team. They have things like, hey, is the over-under on Drake May's passing yards going to hit 265 this week? against the Hokies or the Grant Wells, my Grant Wells, uh, Virginia Tech Hokies under of 220 passing yards. Um, is that going to hit? You guys can bet on that underdog. You guys can make their own picks as well. You guys can find those lines, those spreads, those things that you want for the props that you are looking for. Sign up with the promo code locked on. It's L O C K E D O N locked on. And they will double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. Once again, deposit 100, get an extra 100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find Underdog Fantasy uh, app in the App Store, Google Play Store, 
And once again, underdog fantasy promo code locked on. I thought the best way to look at these games this weekend, and I'll make some picks too, but there's so much on the line. So I thought the best way to do this is just look at the slate and talk about what is on the line for every single team this weekend. I'll go chronologically through the slate. 11 a.m. on ABC, you've got Oklahoma giving six points to TC. Put a sip of water here. So Oklahoma, six-point favorite at TCU. Um, I think what's on the line for OU here, obviously, is back-to-back losses and kind of a reset in a way that we would we would, didn't really expect after that first week. I mean, <clears throat> expectations were really pretty high for them just because Nebraska's not good, but they, they treated Nebraska like they weren't good. They hammered Nebraska in a really impressive way. And so I think we felt like whatever happened to Kansas State coming off that game, they looked, you know, the Oklahoma looked really good. And the one thing that happened, though, is Chris Kleiman, the chiropractor, uh, was good to go. I just signed him that nickname. That's what they call uh, – what's his face? The, the, who is ever the Seton Hall coach? Uh, totally blanking on his name. But um, the basketball coach. But Oklahoma, six-point favorite against TCU on the road in Fort Worth. So TCU right now is one of the most explosive offenses – and one of the most efficient passers in Max Duggan, which is a crazy thing to say. The only problem is they haven't really played any good teams. They played Tarleton. They had a bye. They played Colorado, who is maybe the, probably the worst power five team. And they played SMU's defense is not very good. So they're hitting explosive plays against teams that they should. That'll test Oklahoma this week. But the Sooners, I think this is a hammer and nail situation. I think the Sooners know they have to come out and be a hammer this week. And I expect them to get after Max Duggan. I expect them to do it. And I expect them to do it with some success. Um, I expect it not to look like, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the gaps, the crevices that we saw last week in their defense. So Oklahoma right here I, was on the line for them. They had to get this thing back on track before they played Texas or else we're talking about a big, tw- a for sure big 12 title eliminator next week when Texas meets OU and just kind of a game that could be really devalued. And also some questions, for a program that we thought was revamped, looking pretty good. Kansas State readjusted some things. There's a lot in the line for the Sooners this week. For TCU, it's a pretty big prove-it game. Like, even if they – I mean, love to have the win, obviously. But if you remain close in this game, um, I think it's pretty good proof of concept for Sonny Dykes and company. Like, I did not think this team would be very good. Their defense will be tested. And I think Sonny – it sounded like Sonny Dykes had some questions about their defense. We had them on Big 12 today, this week. So – I'm rolling with OU and a lay of six um, uh, six points, um, but a game where TCU can actually reveal like who they are at home. I think we're going to see a lot of Sooners fans at this game. Uh, I think uh, you know crowds always been an issue for TCU. We'll see how good this one will be. Eleven o'clock on ESPN Plus, Texas Tech uh, against uh, number twenty five Kansas State. So Texas Tech, like I, I mean, what's at stake for them? House money, brother. Now, you might say, hey, Josh, they can compete for a Big 12 championship. Well, I've seen enough to say this year for Texas Tech, like close encounter with Houston, right? Um, Got paced, I would say paced, and I'm not saying paced it. They got paced by NC State, right? That's a really good NC State team. We'll see them this week. Um, They were able to – they were down two scores against Texas. We were able to rally and go back and, and, and beat them. Uh, I've like, they're, they're a really decent football team. They might be good. They win this game. They might be actually be good. I think I've seen enough though, to, to say that I don't think this is a big 12 title contender. Now, maybe you might say, Josh, if they win this week, you have, you got to put them there. Wins against Oak, uh, wins against Texas and Kansas state. You got to put them up there. Maybe, maybe, 
Um, but I think they're playing with house money now just because of how difficult the schedule has been. And the fact that they're three and one on this hard schedule, I think they're playing with a lot of house money at this point in time, Kansas state, like this is a prove it game to be, who are you? Are you the team that, you know, that went out and laid an egg against Tulane or are you the team that moved the ball all over Oklahoma that's got the dynamic running in the passing game? Once again, Adrian Martinez does not have to be both. He does not have to be an awesome runner and a great thrower every single game. He wasn't a great thrower last year. He was just consistent, uh, which is not something we can say all the time. But, like, and, and I'm really curious to see what the Texas Tech run defense looks like uh, against this rushing attack because – they might load it up, but the problem is now you put guys on an island, and we know Brooks and Knowles can make some plays, and we know Adrian Martinez now knows what he has to do in the passing game, make it functional to threaten. So I'm really curious to see how that works. I, I actually think I'm going to lay Kansas State in the 7.5 here. I took Tech last week plus the points. I like Kansas State in this game at pace victory. Now, this game last year was a bonkers, really fun, awesome game last year. I think can and this actually was a game that got Matt Wells fired. Uh, they were way up in that game and blew the lead. Uh, I like Kansas State here in a paced performance that, get, that they cover the seven and a half. Like I thought Oklahoma might be a hammer in that last game. I think Kansas State paces themselves to a win. This is a good defense at forcing turnovers. I'm not sure they forced any last week off the top of my head. I'm not sure they did. Um, all games run together at this point. But, you know, I don't think we're going to see them. Uh, I think I think we might see them actually force a couple turnovers this week. Donovan Smith, we lose the football. They get after him some, forced to make a mistake, and, and they cash in on those mistakes. They'll be good to go. I'll take Kansas State minus seven and a half. So kind of them proving, hey, what group are you? This is the big one, folks. 230 on Fox. Number nine, Oklahoma State is at number 16. Baylor, it's a two and a half point spread, courtesy of our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Look, folks, here's what we're looking at here. Um, Oklahoma State. This is this has been the Spencer Sanders, one of his most difficult games. I think I tracked it. It's like 10 turnovers overall for him. He's had multi-turnover games. I think basically every single time he has played Baylor. Now he's played them four times, and I think he's two and two. It's what I looked at the other day. So it's the problem for him has just been the amount of turnovers that he has had. Good news for them. They had a bye week to prepare. They've had an extra week to prepare. Bad news is, I'm not sure I'm totally sold on Oklahoma State. I'm not sure I'm sold. I mean, obviously, they took their foot off the gas against CMU. Um, they had a workmanlike performance against Arizona State that wasn't overly impressive for a top 10 team, right? So uh, I, I think that there, it's fine to ask some questions here. Baylor's going to ask them all, right? Baylor's going to ask them all. And the question for here for Oklahoma State is, can Spencer Sanders – go on the road and light it up against a team that has had his number. That's the question. Looking at you, this game will be decided, in my opinion, by how well he plays because this Oklahoma State defense, like last year, cannot cover his ass. They cannot cover for him in the way they did last season. They covered for him in both games, to be honest. I know they lost the second game, but the fact that he he lost the football as many times as he did, he gave as many extra possessions as he did to Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, and the fact that these two teams were still tied is remarkable. So that defense, the back end, not there anymore. Like, they're just not there to cover for him uh, and help out, and when he gives the other team extra possessions, you have to be better, Spencer Sanders, in this game. And look, he has been so far 
this season. For Baylor, we talked about that back end a second ago. Here's where the questions will be asked about your vertical passing game. Um, they did it uh, last week. They took some more shots down the field. Still in terms of offensive ranks, like they're not a super explosive offense, but this is the day where, look, you can run the ball, sure, but you have to take some shots downfield because we know for a fact that the strength of this defense lies up front with Oklahoma State, with Tyler Lacey, with Colin Oliver, with Brock Martin. We know it's up front for them is where they live. It's where they eat. You got to take that where they don't live is the back end. Where they got exposed against Central Michigan was the back end. So they got to take some shots in this game. And Blake Shapin showed that he can. He's got a good arm. He's a confident thrower. They need to make sure they push the ball downfield. Receivers need to get separation. So I'm really curious to see. Man, I, I want to go Oklahoma State. Earlier in the week, I was saying, I was, um, you know, I was, I was saying that uh, Baylor, uh, I, I was kind of leading their direction. I think Spencer Sanders knows, man. I think he knows this is the one, and I think he gets it done in this game. I, I have a, I have a belief. Uh, he is the quarterback that I believe in more in this game. In a game where I think it comes down to quarterback play, I'm going to go in that direction. I'm going to go with Spencer Sanders. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I'm going to go with the Cowboys offense. Uh, you know, last year I guess it was the which which offense like didn't lose the game, right? And that was Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. This one is going to be which offense can go out and win this game. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. I'm going to take I'm going to take the the Cowboys in this one, but th- this is your I mean this is the what's at stake for Baylor like you know, you've already have one loss. So if you want to talk about any kind of hope for a for a college football playoff spot for the Baylor Bears, like it's it right here. This is it right here for them. Oklahoma State uh you know, what like this is this is the rematch of the Big 12 title game and, and this is this puts somebody in the driver's seat for the big 12 whoever wins this game should be the odds on favorite moving forward to well at least to be one half of the big 12 title in arlington in my opinion 230 on espnu iowa state at kansas the uh excuse me the the cyclones as a three-point favorite in this game laying the wood here are the cyclones iowa state needs to prove to me, and this is a good place to do it because I'm not sure KU's defense is very good. They need to prove to us that they're more than just Xavier Hutchinson and occasionally Jirel Brock. They've got to move that football around. Hunter Deckers has a whole lot to prove. Two picks last weekend, and that was kind of some of their undoing in that game. It ended up being kind of close, competitive game, but it felt like Baylor had the edge. Iowa State, what group are you? And then Kansas, you are still doubted at home. You want to put it all to rest. You want to tell everybody, hey, this is who we are. Jayhawks, this is your chance. I know it's not a great team, but like if you go 5-0 and and you pick up your, you know, your second win in conference, you got to win against West Virginia on the road in, in double overtime, you get the win against Houston on the road as well, you beat another Power 5 team in Duke. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing at this point? You have to rank them. And who is the best player in this game? Well, I think the two best players – in my actually, all oh, the three best players. Um, the three best players in this game, Iowa State does have two of them Xavier Hutchinson, Will McDonald. But the best player, it's crazy to think this in this game, the most impactful player in this game because he plays the most important position is Jalen Daniels at quarterback for Kansas. I, I was, I would say, hey, I, I think he still had some work to do in the passing game, spreading the ball around. This is one of the most explosive passing and rushing attacks in the country, most explosive offenses. They can run it up front on you. They've got a variety of guys 
that can do it to you both in the backfield and uh, you know they're, they they're getting the ball to all the receivers too like I was kind of worried about what this group looked like as as a receiving group that they, they've spread the ball around where variety is the big spice of life for them so I'm going to go with Kansas with a chance to shut up all the doubters and find they're, they're Vegas is dogging them they're they're getting dogged here I like KU out like right right like KU on the uh, at home uh, great home crowd I'm going with the Jayhawks and what I think is going to be a fun and competitive game hoping for a lot of points here. All right, 6.30 on FS1. This is your finale, folks. West Virginia and Texas. Boy, I mean, you look at the stakes for each one of these teams, like Neil Brown and their group. You might say they have nothing to lose. Neil Brown can quiet a lot of people if they get this win. If you beat Texas on the road, that means you've knocked off the Longhorns and you've knocked off uh, and rival Virginia Tech. It might not be very good, but you did it on the road. If you can do that in back-to-back weeks, the there will be some quieting about the doubts of Neil Brown. And it's huge. It's Because here's the thing. If he was a dead man walking, he's a dead man walking, right? But that buyout precludes that from really being the case. They owe him so much money that they're stuck with him. So the best they can do is turn this thing around and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not done yet. They found the running game in CJ Donaldson. He has been awesome for them, man. JT Daniels talked about it with us. This guy is just kind of a, he's just a natural. And he's, and the thing is, he wasn't born to play running back. He picked it up. They said the pit game was his first game as a back. And he was spectacular in that contest. We'll see, can Texas stop the run? And JT Daniels can get that ball to those playmakers. They put that pressure on him like Pitt did. Because last week, uh, West Virginia's offensive line held up perfectly. JT did a good job, and, and, and Donaldson hit some explosives. Um, you know, they had a formula last week against West Virginia. Can that be the case once again in this game against Texas? For Texas, can they get up and they hold the lead? I think this is a chance to be a back-and-forth, high-scoring game. And that big question for Texas is, is Quinn Ewers going to be the man who plays quarterback? Because it still feels like whether it's a confidence issue or it's a you know, quality of play issue card, like we don't know, you know, he's not, he's just not been consistent enough in my opinion for them to keep him out there. Ewers, how healthy is he? Can he go? Are you going to use him certain times? If you use him certain times, you use him all the time. How good is Quinn Ewers? Because we really have only seen him, uh, drop dimes in that way in a college football game in one quarter. I'm a believer in Quinn Ewers. So this game is, is, I mean, this is a massive game with implications that really stretch. Like this is not just about a big 12 title race because West Virginia obviously is down in that category already, but like this is kind of trajectory of the program for each one of these teams, Texas at two and three after what they showed against Alabama, it's just not good enough. So I'm projecting a back and forth game here. I like the Longhorns to cover. I or excuse me. I like the Mountaineers to cover Longhorns to win in this game, but it's going to be dicey. And that West Virginia team right now, they've got a ton of confidence and they should with the way they play in their last two games. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Josh neighbors, underscore find the show at L O big 12. Make sure you guys subscribe, uh, tap the bell for notifications, like the videos and tell me what you think of conference realignment and the games coming up this weekend. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.